All right, I'm calling this meeting to order. If we could do a roll call, would you mind? Yeah, Deanna's Starting. here, Deanna Thoman. Oh, oh, sorry. Frank Wagner. Jordan Seligren. Kevin Boyd. Cecile Kinsley. Noah Stork. Margaret Beck. Um, and Sherry is walking in, so we'll just, I'm pointing that out for our minute taker. So the first item on the agenda is public discussion of anything not on the agenda. I think the folks here are for um, the next item. So we will move on to that. Um, all right, item D, certificate of appropriateness. This is for 2525 Highlander Place. Okay. Um. 2525 Highlander Place. Uh, some of you were here when we recently landmarked it and some were not. So we'll, we're not gonna talk about it a whole lot though, but uh, North Dodge Street going to Solon, Interstate 80. And this is the location of the building. Uh, as we're looking at it right here, we talked, um, we have three main things that are going on. Two, um, a, a canopy reconstruction, a canopy alteration, and then there are some sliding glass doors being replaced. Generally, that's what's going on. This is the area that was the uh, supper club that was first constructed. And the rest of this is the convention center that was constructed afterwards. This canopy that projects from the building right here is what has been removed um, over time. The columns with brick bases and um, a steel column oh. still remain but this part will be reconstructed and some of the other uh, inappropriate materials built will be removed this is the south facing canopy as it uh, was at its extent and some cladding that's been added to it will be removed and it was cut back so that it was more f like flush with the the columns and that will be extended uh, this is a sketch um, from 1966 showing kind of what it looked like from the end of the supper club, this uh, canopy jutting out um, on the columns. Um, you can see a mansard uh, cornice that extends around the side of the building. Uh, here's the business card that showed what it looked like. You can see that there's some clerestory windows up here underneath this uh, bump up Basically, there's a, a special beam that is used to create that profile in the roof. Um, and all of this part out here will be rebuilt again. This is what it looks like right now. Um, the red arrows point to areas where the material that is there will be removed. And then cedar shingles will be installed. Um, the, the very edge of the roof, kind of the drip edge and flashing, all that kind of stuff will be updated. But, but mainly we're gonna get rid of this kind of maybe black painted plywood material. I don't know if this is a roofing or, or plywood or what, but it'll be removed as well. And then this is where those clerestory windows are located. And there's, this is an EFIS system. It's kind of similar to a, a modern cheap stucco product. It will be removed. Um, and then this is where the canopy will be reconstructed. You can see the base of a column and then the column here. One of the things I asked since uh, the staff report was written was at the time when we were talking about the 
Supper Club, there had been a comment about um, that pan of that canopy holding water. And so I did ask about that and they are solving that. And the way they're doing that is actually cutting the existing columns sh a little bit shorter so that there will be some slope. And since they're steel, that should be able to be done and you wouldn't really notice it unless you knew. Um, I'll show you a little bit about the drawings just because we don't have a lot of opportunity to look at um, a set of architectural drawings. I didn't give you all of the drawings uh, in what you got. Basically, the set goes through and talks about the demolition first. And then they talk about the plan, any plan drawings. And at one meeting we talked about plan drawings as being a cut through the building at about four feet and everything that you would see down below. Um, the elevations or the exterior walls of the building are in the 200 drawings. And then you get sections or cuts through the building, like looking at the wall and the whatever you cut through. That's the 300s. I skipped the 400s because those are all interior wall elevations. And then the 500s are usually details. And I'll kind of show you a little bit of some of these. This drawing that you see right here is a detail from the AD or um, demolition drawings. And this is an elevation because it's a 200. And it basically shows you with dashed lines, things that are going to be removed. There's keynotes along the side. They talk about the existing brick, the existing stone, um, removing the ephus in here, uh, removing this entry door, and we'll look at some of those a little bit further. When you look at the plan drawing, which this is the plan, so we're cutting through the wall about four feet and looking down, this is the west end here, and you can see these, these markers. This is a uh, line that is telling you that there is a drawing and it's uh, drawing I think three on sheet 301 and it's looking in the direction of the arrow on this little circle so you're going to be this one actually happens to be a cut through the end of the the canopy there's a little arrow right here this this doesn't belong there but there's this little arrow here and it's talking about a 200 sheet so it's going to be looking at the elevation drawing of that end when we look here, there's a long line that cuts through with that little tail and a little circle with an arrow here. And it has a 300. This is a section through this part of the building. And so that drawing, when you find it, it's like if you cut the building right there and looked at the wall in the direction of the arrow facing. Um, they've circled some things here. Those have to do with the interior elevations that I didn't include, but we'll, we'll look at, um, let's see, we're going to look at, I, it's, um, we're going to look at this elevation drawing, so the one that this marker is pointing at, and that is here, and so this is very similar to the demolition drawing that we just saw because it's the same thing at the same scale, but now it tells you all the new materials that they're going to be putting on. So for instance, these little, um, well, maybe, I think the little threes are probably the new cedar shingles that are going to go in there. You can now see where the windows are. 
and this number 12 probably says that this is the amber glass and you're gonna you know make sure it looks okay and repair it if it needs to be or something like that two again is the brick and we have the stone and since we're looking at the building flat the first thing we can actually see are those columns out in front it's there's no space here so it's everything just like if you're looking at it flat so we can see like this is one of the columns it's you know it's out in kind of front of the building this is its brick base in here we have the new pan but it's just a flat elevation drawing and that's why it looks that way so the next Jessica um, yeah I, I don't know if there's a way you can present so that uh, your cursor isn't really like showing us what you're yeah get there there yeah. okay now it's I working. think it just matters what what drawing so I was look talking about these here numbers here and and um, so this was the elevation marker looking at the building and then this long one through here was the cut of one of the section drawings this is another section drawing cutting through the end of the canopy and that's what I was basically showing on that one okay um, oh so we have this uh, section drawing here and it is next and in the drawing set, they included a drawing from the original set, just so you could see that they are referencing it, so everybody knows what it originally looked like. And you know, the original drawing, it has the stone and the brick and the, the amber glass, and it shows the pan, the pan here, and um, scuppers. Scuppers are basically a commercial size, a way to get water away from your building, like, like gutters and downspout system, kind of. Um, so at this point is where they cut through the end of the uh, new canopy and you can tell that they've cut through because the line is thicker and darker and usually if you're going to cut through something it's going to be shown that way they have marked off some kind of details that we'll look at a bit they're showing here how the column is shorter and um, the scupper is formed to get water away um, and they're basically showing how it, it looks like the original one. Okay, so this is just a portion of the section through the building, that really long section. So we're kind of cutting through the building in an east-west way and looking north. And at this point, so this is where the roof goes up higher. So here we have the amber glass. This is the new canopy they're doing. And in the you know on the far side of it you can see where the lip comes up at this point um, there are some changes and so um, that's why it's marked out in the drawing like this it's going to be drawing eight on sheet 503 the drawing for this would be drawing five on sheet uh, 505 okay so this is a little faint and I tried to darken it up, but just in the PowerPoint, it, it showed up this way. So they have a detail. Again, this is kind of this area. So through the amber glass and the entry doors at that canopy, we first have a demolition drawing and they're showing that they are removing kind of this, this overhang because it's going to be rebuilt. They're removing, you know, there was EFIS, there might've been stuff attached to the windows, kind of this build out of EFIS, and then this kind of soffit that brought the, the, well, the soffit above the door down uh, lower than it was probably originally. 
I'm, I'm guessing, but um, they've probably looked into that. So they're removing that. This is the door that will be replaced as well. So in the new drawing, you can see um, the overhang rebuilt. You can see now this new canopy structure. So they're going to use these. Um, this is steel or metal studs. I don't know. I didn't look that up. But um, you can see how it is going to be framed out. Um, there's going to be a, like a roofing membrane on there. And then this is the new soffit which is up higher, so it's going to be up in this area uh, above the door. And that exposes a, a, a beam that was probably original. Um, when we talked about landmarking this building, they had used glue lamb beams. It kind of became standard at one point, but there was a newer thing here where they could create a beam by um, gluing up wood. and It was strong and engineered. Um, and so we see here how this kind of entry area will be changed and updated a little bit. This is another um, set of details that were kind of nice to look at at least. Um, this is kind of that top projecting area. So down in here, you're going to have the amber glass clerestory windows. And they're just showing that, you know, they're adding this insulation and flashing and the cedar shingles. There's felt underneath. They're painting things. Here's the arched glue lamb beam beyond. There's roofing membrane. Um, down here we have the same. You can read that it, you know it's insulation. Um, there's an existing roof deck, so existing pieces are all called out in here as well. Um, and then this is kind of like looking at where we have the new pan as well. This is a nice uh, way to see how these two pieces of the canopy work together and so they're showing you you know all of this is new so it's all new stuff that they are putting in there and how they're constructing that and then we have um, a new beam right here that's going to carry um, carry the the uh, load of the canopy um, since it's cut at a certain um, position it's it's a little odd looking at that that moment but this is kind of nice to look at right here just because we had it in the um, packet this way, I included these drawings as well. So you can see we're removing all of this ephus and exposing the windows. There's this build out down here that'll be removed. Uh, we have the original brick and the original stone, and here's the steel that'll be um, shortened a little bit. It'll still have this kind of like saddle detail um, that'll hold the new beams. Um, the new cedar shingles, again the stuff that was in the first image and so this is from the south side and you can see this is where the canopy will be reconstructed and then these areas will have new cedar shingles so on the south facing canopy this is the one where they basically covered it and altered it and so right now you can see you know it's this heavy black also probably ephus has this big arch um, columns are wrapped in these gigantic brick things. Um, this entry is going to really open up a lot and be a lot brighter once all of that brick is gone. Um, this is kind of showing you, they're from different angles, but um, this is what we have now, and this was what there was originally. See, we have the columns here, and this end is right above it, but we can see here that we have the columns, and it projects quite a bit. 
and so that's what they'll be adding that back on um, I guess this is stone I mean I can't tell from here but that's what I have been told so that'll be there and repaired and then um, these columns are square and they will be square and in a similar size to the original um, again i don't know the material i'm guessing that they were metal but they will they'll be using a different material uh, currently partly because of the fact that there's cars around and trying to get something that will be uh, long lasting i don't know a lot about that material so and i didn't have time to look it up in detail but we do have people we can ask about it if you're interested later um, but see how this is going to be a lot more open in this area in front of the entrance once they get rid of, of the brick that really just kind of pinches that entrance down quite a bit. Um, this kind of shows um, those two areas, uh, or well, the ends of the canopy. So this is currently what we have at the end. And they talk about removing, you know, remove this material as well. Uh, leave the existing structure, uh, remove the soffit, remove the brick, and then existing steel column to remain and protect right here. And then here is how they will be rebuilding that end, um, adding framing to bring it back out to something similar to the original dimension. They have to create a little, um, an appropriate roof edge, um, and then they'll be uh, cladding the metal in this um, this material as we talked about. And beyond that, they will be um, replacing the, so they'll be replacing that west entry door, a uh, similar uh, entry door. The system is called storefront and it's a um, typical system for this kind of installation. So that's um, not really concerning. They uh, will replace the uh, sliding glass doors between the rooms and the, the courtyard in that, um, area outside the pool on the west end. And, you know, our guidelines are clear about um, disallowing um, sliding glass doors, but this is one of those cases where it would have been likely original to the structure and certainly a very popular thing to install at the time that these were made. Sliding glass doors were uh, really hitting their stride as far as becoming not only things for uh, commercial residential, but also um, everybody's homes as well during the late 60s, early 70s, and into the 80s, um, as you may know. Uh, so other than that, I have uh, basically recommend the motion just to approve this. Um, there are no, staff did not have any um, conditions to put on it. All right, so just a reminder of the order of events here. We, now's the time for any kind of just clarifying questions, something maybe Jessica said that you didn't quite understand. We'll have time to ask her more questions uh, later. Um, we'll do that, and then we'll, um, if the applicant wants to speak, we'll do that then, and then um, if there's any other members of the public, they could speak, and then we'll, we'll discuss among ourselves. So I don't know if there's any clarifying questions for Jessica. All right, do you guys have any, you're, you're welcome to speak, you're not obligated to. If you do, just, you need to come up for, to the mic so that. And the, sign in. And sign in so the minute taker can uh, keep track and I think folks at home can hear you. Okay, nice to see you guys in person and not on the Zoom.
Um, I'm Angela Harrington. I own the Highlander. And I bought the Highlander. <clears throat> I refer to her as a her, so apologize for that in advance. But I bought her um, 10 weeks before the pandemic. And let me tell you, it's been quite the ride. Um, if it weren't for historic preservation, um, we could not only not um, do all of these things to put um, her back the way it was originally built and intended, but our future would be uncertain as well. Um, we, you know, probably would have a normal first year of about two million, and we had two hundred thousand. So, and all of the, um, so you're you're not just saving. Um, a historic uh, site, you're saving a business and an entrepreneur and the only woman who owns a hotel in Iowa. And I own the only two, which is this one in Grinnell. Um, so, what, but when I bought the Highlander 10 weeks before the pandemic, uh, the hotel ranked dead last on TripAdvisor <clears throat> out of 37 hotels in all of Johnson County. Um, there was, you know, tremendous damage to the place. Um, I'm sorry to say, but the <clears throat> there was zero investment into the property for the 12 years prior to me buying it. And uh, there was so much roof damage that there was probably 100, 150 buckets all over the place. And I bought her anyway, right? That's crazy. But And half of the rooms were out of service for bud bugs. Um, when I... Um, so... When the pandemic struck, my husband and I um, sold our house in Grinnell quickly too, because um, uh, yeah, we were headed for a financial disaster, right? So we sold our house in Grinnell and we lived between the two hotels. It was fun for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and now two years later, there we are. But um, the early memories though, to know what a difference it is, um, so again, when I bought her, she was dead last on TripAdvisor out of 37 hotels in all of Johnson County. That's pretty low, that's last, that's big time last because you've seen some distressed hotels, <laughs> but the Highlander was last. Um, and then a year later, um, we, she, um, the Highlander made it to number one on TripAdvisor and all of the online travel agents like Hotels.com, Expedia and all of that, Google, um, and we've been there ever since. And pretty soon, mathematically, um, it'll be really tough. I hope all of you aren't hotel owners, but um, <laughs> it'll be really tough to mathematically kick us out of that top spot. So and that's really unusual for an independent hotel to beat all of those beige chains. Um, so not that I feel strongly about that, but um, so I encourage you all, um, but again, um, when the pandemic looked to drag on and I you know, was looking for how am I gonna save not only this business, but the building because we have far less resources than we had intended. And again, the, and um, several developers told me that it was impossible um, to not do it before you buy it or with it, and no. So I said, that's, that's not acceptable, so I shouldered on. Um, it received a rare um, unconditional approval by State Office of Historic Preservation on December 14th. So I am crossing fingers and toes now with your approval that I will get funding this round of allocation. We'll know by the end of January. And then if not, I'll just hold, have to hold my breath. 
and try to make things go and because I'm really excited to get the project done I mean there's so much to do and you know people pull up to the Highlander with that horrible Radisson big bulky awfulness and they're you know they kind of come in and go Ooh, this is cool but the outside I mean we didn't we only did the inside and the the first months the first six months that my husband and I lived there the um, we we kept half of it open with the old clarion guests you know coming so that we could at least have some income and we then in june we're like we can't do this anymore because it was so many drug deals so much prostitution so much um illegal activity that the place was distressed on so many levels that was really really bad so not only did you save an entrepreneur in a building you saved uh you know a really a nine acres in a very important juncture in the city from from really becoming, it was on its last leg. I mean, in so many ways. Um, I mean, they were one dryer short of the poor housekeepers having to, you know, hang up the laundry. It was so bad. And I have a housekeeper there that's been there, two of them who have been there 19 years. Um, and this is the last thing I'll say, but they, um, they um, in 19 years, they only got the minimum wage when the minimum wage went up, and we all know that how often that's happened, right? And so now um, they make three times that, and they run the housekeeping. Um, they're incredible people. They don't speak much English, but they're um, insanely talented, and we couldn't keep it going. So I pay everybody a living wage. We were voted coolest place to work, small business. Um, I won Entrepreneur of the Year because of the Highlander, the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City Entrepreneur of the Year. Um, there's been you know, 15 bloggers from all over the country talking about the Highlander. It was on the news, on the Des Moines news. Um, we've seen 10,000 stays um, since we opened. Um, all of them, uh, almost all of them, 90% happen between Friday at noon and Sunday at noon. So we have no events still and we have no business travel, but thankfully because of that amazing vibe and the pool and everything else, um, she's gonna make it, so am I. So I'm grateful, grateful to you. And you know, people don't think in historic preservation, is important, but it's some of the last natural resources that entrepreneurs and independents with crazy ideas that know there's only so many holes left in the earth to put these old buildings, that it's the only thing that saves them. So I'm grateful for your time and your work and uh, onward. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Um, all right. Any? I don't think I don't think anyone else is speaking. Uh, any questions or anything? Otherwise, we'll. we'll it looks like he wants to. Speak. Oh, do you want? You're you're welcome. Only if you have questions about. Oh. The Does anyone have any questions for the architect? I don't. I don't think so. I think we're in good shape. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then let's. Uh, we need a motion on the floor to discuss. Someone will make a motion and then we can have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Wagner moved to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 2525 Highlander Place as presented in the staff report. And a second. A second. All right, any discussion? Just to say it's a noble project and I admire their courage and stick to itiveness. Yeah, I would like to commend you for your work too. 
I know that place like the back of my hand. I worked there for 10 years from 75 to 85 in the busboy, maintenance, janitorial, everything else. I look forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I, uh, I think folks know that uh, my family was, my grandparents were among the original owners and, and sold it in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so I'm, it, it, I'm excited to see what it looks like when I, what it looked like when I was a kid and excited about this generally. So, and it's a great project for us to, to take on some mid-modern mm -hmm. um, history as well, I think. Yeah, the and, canopy is really something special. I think I'm glad it's gonna be brought back. Yeah, I think we're, I, I follow several uh, historic preservation Instagram accounts, which is like not a surprise, but <laughs> they were all like, welcome to 1972, we're now historic, that's the, you know, and so um, it's, I think, uh, I'm glad we're, we've got a, I'm glad we've got entrepreneurs like you who, who are doing this work and using preservation as the tool. I think it's a really, I hope more um, of our community can um, follow your lead, so I appreciate it. All right. I think we're ready for a vote then, right? Yep. All right, all in favor? Oh, yeah, right, we're just, we've already had the motion. I'm sorry, guys. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, the motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Don't see me at the Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's my phone up here, so. Thank you again. Yep. Thank you. All right, um, we're on to the discussion of um, our annual work plan, this item E. Uh, I asked Jessica just to re-put uh, in, like to show what we did last year. I don't know that we need to make a whole lot of changes uh, to the work plan other than maybe remove some of our uh, short-term goals that we've accomplished last year, or I guess 2020. Um, and I think probably add in the Montgomery Butler House. Nope, that's not the right one. Thanks, they Gilmore. Um, two years ago, the Nope, a year ago. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what. <laughs> All right. Uh, a year ago, we put together the work plan, the Sinks Gilmer House, which is um, a brick house on Market and just off uh, Clinton Street. There had been agreement with the University of Iowa to um, preserve that building um, and move it across the street to the lot the city owns. That uh, deal has fallen through. The university still owns it. They, there's no kind of long-term plan. So I think we should put that back um, into the work plan. Um, and open to other suggestions, but I think, um, you know, uh, other thoughts. Did that. I see an article about that just the other day uh, and not read it about uh, some development with that, with the house? I don't. And the university's plan for it? I feel like somebody here would know if I had. If I, that was I don't true. think so. I, I just, I did a, a call with Friends of Historic Preservation mm -hmm. just like. Tuesday about this uh -huh. and it, that didn't come up okay. so I feel like between the, the it might have been um, but the, the the plan for the university at the time was to build an entrepreneurial center on that corner that entrepreneurial center is now moving into the old art building as I understand it so that there's no plan at all for the need for that okay. um, spot so I'm open to other suggestions other things I didn't want to you know we spent a lot of time on this I think a year ago and um, framed it in the terms of what the city council is doing. And I, you know, uh, as long as the city's manager and the planning uh, person only give us half-time staff, it's gonna be slow moving to accomplish this. So I'm happy to add in more things or adjust or, or, or reprioritize, but um, it seems like a pretty good document for us to continue to kind of use with a few amendments. Um, 
Are we going to do anything? Um, how shall I put this? Might it not be a good idea to include something when people buy a house that's in an historic district to include some kind of a statement from, you know, give them from the real, the realty company would give them a statement explaining what it means to live in an, in an historic district and what they need to do if they want to make plans so that we don't have people being blindsided by the fact that they are in an historic district and being upset about it. Yeah, it's, we've, I've, so I, I've actually talked to some realtors and the uh, home builders about this very thing. It's a really, so first of all, let me back up. We send out an annual letter to all of the property owners in the historic district, which obviously is after the fact that they, they own the property. Um, it's, a, it's, it's tricky to, I don't know that the, the realtors really want to do that. I think some of them, some of the, the better ones reach out to Jessica in advance, and I know she fields calls from uh, folks who are considering buying it and kind of ask what, the, what those are. That's a kind of a service that Jessica provides. I don't know that we see a lot of, um, I don't know that we all see that she does. I just know that she, she does it. Um, but there's no kind of mechanism for us to kind of enforce that. I mean, we could we could certainly put something together. It just would be on the realtors mm -hmm. to use. I know Jessica's presented to the realtors a year ago. I don't know if you have yeah. any. That was this year we presented to the realtors and, and it was through Zoom. We had maybe half dozen of them or something. It, there wasn't a large number of them who were there. It was partly at their request and partly also because we had had members of the public saying that they didn't know that they were in a district and they had wished that their realtors had told them. There had been some discussion among staff about um, creating a some kind of shorter, more brochure-like um, version of some guidelines to kind of hand out that we haven't gotten anywhere because of staff and stuff like that on that uh, project, but that's something we discussed internally. Um, but it is, it's some realtors don't know or don't ask or, or they might not want to tell the potential buyer for a But at least we would be discharging our responsibility to inform people by making such a document available. Correct, correct. And it is the kind of thing where, yes, anybody who calls because they might have a building and they first want to find out if it's in, in a neighborhood, you know, we answer those questions. And then if they have further questions about it, and we do have at least one realtor who really contacts us a lot about properties, but not not a, a wide range of, of realtors. It, it tends to depend. Um, some of them do know if they have somebody who wants to, I don't know, take down a garage or something to call and, and talk to us about it first. And, and we get those calls sometimes a little bit more randomly. So. Yeah, I mean, Cecilia, I love the idea. I just, mm -hmm. we've accomplished almost nothing on this list from a year ago because this, the leadership at the city staff does not prioritize historic preservation. Okay. And I'll be honest, if we want to do that, we should get, they're very responsive to economic interests. So if we have the realtors make that call and ask for that, it probably gets prioritized over our work. Um, just being very candid about my experiences. Um, but I, 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 that's just, I, I, if we wanna try to get that done, we should have some realtors call the city manager and we could probably get it done. 
Um, I can. I'm being a little cynical tonight, guys. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay, but I'm still feeling that way. <laughs> um, you know, there are several things I noted that I, you know I wanted to point out, like the fact that you um, you know did reach out to City Council about. Um, a subcommittee and you know about telling the full history and hadn't heard back you know on that um, there are there is a short-term goal under climate action uh, to advocate that embodied energy is worth evaluating and, and, and a statement on that um, I do know that um, the city of Boston has teamed up with someone who was uh, creating an online calculator you have to input certain information about your building and it will calculate um, embodied energy versus uh, running a new building energy and, and make those kinds of calculations and it should be available online sometime later this spring. Um, and so, you know, that's not something that is specific for our community, but you can put in, as far as I know, regional information and stuff like that as well. So it can still be valid for our area. It, it's not something I have looked into or tried a lot, but uh, when it does come out, I will get a notification and I'll try it out, look at it, and then pass that information along to the commission and um, see what else we can do about getting it out to the public so that they can know that information as well too. This question, in what month does that letter to homeowners go out <coughs> informing them that they're in an historic district? It unfortunately varies greatly mm -hmm. depending on our ability to do that project and interns, we usually use interns to do that and sometimes they're not trained in certain things or we get sidetracked with other duties. We would really like to do it in like April. Um, the latest it ever went out was September. It's generally in the spring, kind of as the, mm -hmm. as the people are kind of making plans. For yeah, their... April, May, kind of. The assessor website might be an area where um, a house could have a designation of historic contributing in a historic district or non-contributing. I think people who are local are familiar with using it, and I would say an out-of-towner buying a house might have to be tipped off to look at that. Well, and they could, I mean, they can look it up on the Johnson County Property Information Viewer. That is the other way they can look. They do have to know to turn on the Iowa City Zoning, and then they do also have to know to, you know, that a, a neighborhood or a property that's an individual landmark would have a a hatch on it and they could click on that to see what that is. So it could be looked up um, in that way for the general public. You'd have to be a pretty savvy member of the general public <laughs> to know where to look or that such a thing even existed. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that. <laughs> True. Um, so anyway, under short-term goals, we've had at least one meeting with the realtors. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for in, uh, strengthening our community engagement and, and intergovernmental relationships. How did they react to that, by the way? Uh, they, at least during the, you know, basically I presented information and they asked questions, some specific, some general. A few followed up with questions in the following weeks. 
Um, they seemed to like it and think it was worthwhile. Um, but yeah, it was a kind of a small number of, of people who were there, so. That was a request. So the city staff, planning staff, most of them meet every other month with the Home Builders Association. Uh, meetings that are hard for me to get with those same people, just to be very candid. Um, but it was the home builders who asked us to do that realtor meeting and why it happened. Well, and that it, we had both a realtor meeting and a meeting with the um, Home Builders Association. We did both this year. Where we kind of, it was a similar presentation. For the realtors, it was also saying how you can help as a realtor, so. Is that something they'd be happy to request to be happen again since so few people attended and it was well received? Maybe, and it's also created already now. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. right. So, do you uh, have other? I'm sorry, I feel no, like I'm. Uh, well, and part of the reason we do go through the work plan, and I'll mention this again later, but every February we have an annual report due to the state, the State Historic Preservation Office. They wrangle or work with all of the certified local governments. We all provide them with an annual report. And part of that is the commission adopting a work plan for the coming year. And so every year as part of that, we go through the work plan and determine you know, what, it, what the plan is. And we, there's a, a large amount of items on there. So sometimes trying to prioritize things, it might be something that you would do. Um, if there's things that you would add or update, I'll be creating the annual report for the next meeting and then we'll approve both the work plan in its final form and the annual report at the next meeting. Yeah, I, I, my, I was gonna help with, uh, um, because we're short on staff time, I, I was gonna kind of take this work plan and add any amendments that we've gotten, kind of show the difference, you know, if I took something out, just kind of strike through or whatever, so that um, the, I'm going to be gone in the February meeting. I've got a, a family obligation that I won't. I won't be here. Just Jordan's going to lead the meeting. I'll lead the meeting. I'm taking notes today. <laughs> um, and but so that you guys can just pass it as part of that. But so I thought the discussion tonight would be helpful and and do that. And I'll kind of get it ready so that Jessica doesn't doesn't have to. I may rely on her a little bit if there's things I forget or whatever. But I'll do the first draft of it. Great. All right. Well, if you guys have other thoughts, I mean, we can obviously the official voting is next mm -hmm. month. So if you guys if you get home tonight, and you're like, oh, we should have said this or done this or added this in. Just email me. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to try to incorporate that before the next meeting when you officially vote on it. So. And unfortunately, I didn't have time to make a, a presentation about this, but I did. And they're going to be here. So I'll show you. There are like three slides. And so. Uh, first, we have the Montgomery Butler House, and this is uh, 2015 state and a state right before it was mothballed, just to remind everybody what we're talking about with the Montgomery Butler House, and it's out at the water treatment facility um, north of the interstate on uh, Dubuque Street. Um, we have the Summit Street Monument, which is here, um, and I believe that the status of that is that Anne presented something, and she might be waiting to hear back 
I'm not sure. Presented something to whom? To us. To the commission. Oh, okay. I can follow uh, She was going to check that. with another um, museum, I believe, and oh. I was going to follow up with the Daughters of the American Revolution oh, and okay. Cecile, which I have not done yet. So oh, okay. we, maybe we can visit after this meeting. Um, and then here is the Sangsa Gilmore House, just for those of you who weren't around when we were really working on it. Uh, the view from the front and the now view from the side that you had never been able to see for 100 years until <laughs> recently. Because as you can see, uh, the house next to it was really close. <laughs> um, I was reading the um, uh, Margaret Keyes' book on this house. Mm -hmm and was stunned, I didn't know, I'd never heard it said, that the foundation was made with the leftover blocks from building Old Capitol. Yeah, we, we looked into that a little bit when yeah. we were researching, and I think that that is still just a myth as far as we know. Um, there is some not really cut similar at all block in that basement in, in the foundation. It's it could be, but it's not like, oh yeah, that's definitely the same because it's it's not dressed the same. So you know, mm -hmm. it's not something where you can look at them and. It's say, just hard to verify because it's yeah. like because I think the way that she writes it is like the the rubble or the leftover, right? So it could be like yeah broken rocks that they mm -hmm. used when they were cutting on site mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, we d we don't. It's not. The it's hard to verify we, without it. We'd probably have to get like a geologist or something. Yeah, is, we'd have to test it. Probably. I you know here's what I have to say about that. It is, it is true until somebody tells me it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind mm -hmm. of, you know. Well, and unfortunately, if it was moved, it would not have right. had that yeah. foundation anymore. <laughs> the university has some old houses in that neighborhood where, that they use for guest houses. Would this not be a candidate for something like that? Potentially. I don't know. Um, that would be a use where it would have to go through a permitting process housing. I'm sure even the university has some uh, rules about that. And uh, there would probably have to be some changes, but I don't know. I, I know that Friends is working on a long, I, I mean, I have like a, a once a month call with Friends of Historic Preservation about this property. So they're working on it um, on potential solutions. University has its site set on the old Capitol Mall, I hear. Oh. Now that's coming down. What? Oh. Mm -hmm. That? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Where did you hear that? I just read, it was it's, a Daily Island article today. Oh, it's today. In, in the Gazette too, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, they've had the option, Gazette they've had the option to buy it for a long time, so I think they're just executing it this month. What do they want to put there? I, I don't, say? I, I know, I don't know. <laughs> All right, we can, let's visit about that when the meeting's over. <laughs> Fair. I have thoughts that I don't want on camera. <laughs> Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, report issued uh, on certificates issued by chair and staff. Okay. I'll go through these. Uh, 604 Ronald Street. Uh, we've worked through some uh, roofing projects recently, and, and this uh, flat roof um, uh, kitchen addition on the back is getting a new roof system. Um, it's a membrane roof, but um, anyway. Uh, 116 South Dodge Street um, has new ownership and a new roof. Um, I mistakenly actually thought that maybe this sh scalloped shingle was indicative of trying to say, hey, this originally had a tile roof, and uh, it did not. I would have been mistaken. Um, 
it, it, according to the Sanborn fire insurance maps, I would assume it had a wood shingle roof. We're looking, um, this is the picture of the house on the corner, 706 College, and right here is that house. Here it is blown up. On my screen, I can see it as a roof that is not tile. I can't tell beyond that whether or not it's asphalt at that time. We don't know this photo is anywhere between the 1920s and the 1960s, so it could have been asphalt by then. It's not the asphalt scallop shingle that's on there right now because there's kind of a, a striation around it in a few different places. Um, they're very faint. There's like three of them. Um, but anyway, it was not a tile roof, and so it does have a traditional asphalt shingle kind of mimicking the wood shingle that has been put on it instead. It, it did have clay tile for many years, though. No. It did. I, I remember it, like, really? in the late 80s and early 90s. Interesting. I found n no evidence of that. The people who lived there for a long time, some of them are still alive, the Belgers. Mm. John McDonald's wife, the mayor there, he lived in that house. Yeah, the McDonald kids, the John McDonald, the, the, they grew up there. Yeah. Mm. They might they remember. Might remember whether Interesting. it was Kyle. Yeah, I don't know. We looked through the old public documents and, and yeah. everything else and couldn't find that. Um, this is uh, 610 East Jefferson Street. It is a local historic landmark. Um, the owner does keep forgetting that, but it is um, the original rectory for St. Mary's, and they relocated it here when they built the brick rectory that they have now, and um, it just got a new roof as well. Um, 507 North Lynn Street ha is a historic house with two large apartment buildings on the same lot, and um, it also got a new roof. Muddled. Maybe someday we can get rid of this siding. <laughs> Put a new porch on there. Um, we had a few intermediate reviews. This is 823 Bowery Street. On the back, it had, okay, so there's this bump out. There was a, a large kind of cellar door with a sliding glass door at the end of it. A broken foundation wall. I mean, it was a, just a mess back there. And at one point, it had decks cascading all the way back to the property line. Um, they are putting in a new foundation. It'll have a discrete door with actual concrete instead of wood foundation walls. It'll have a, a nice, simple entry stoop and a step. And they'll put a, a window in the side of the foundation over here. It's uh, just a complete foundation replacement. Is that privately owned or is that a student rental? It's privately owned. Oh. Um, signage. Um, so the entry on our, our new downtown landmark here, the uh, Crescent Block, um, just the signage. So where it was uh, Revival one, uh, 19, they're going to have Riverside Theater. This is an aluminum letter that they can just adhere to the glass so then it can be removed easily. And then, oh, I'm sorry. I was, again, putting it the wrong one. So Riverside Theater and the address. Both of these will just be nice, simple aluminum letters. And um, you can kind of see here there's this little thing um, it will be a projecting sign hanging off the canopy here. And um, 
staff and chair worked with them to make sure that we isolate these metals from each other and minimize the amount of holes that we're putting in that canopy. Uh, we assume it's original material. We do know that during construction, the curved glass right here was broken and oh, really? the contractor will have to re replace that to match. Mm -hmm. All right, on to item G, the consideration of minutes from the November 18th meeting. Any edits? That we have a motion to approve the minutes. Seligren, I move to approve the minutes for November 18, 2021. Yep. Bowman seconds. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, um, on to the consideration of minutes for the December 9th meeting, 2021. A motion to approve the minutes. Wagner moved to approve minutes from November 9th, 2021. December. December 9th, 2021. <laughs> Back seconds. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, on to commission discussion, City Park Pool. <gasps> I oh boy. only provided this slide, by the way. Just don't want to go on. Oh, there, there we go. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you could go down there. Uh, just uh, you're, will you, are you framing this up? We, we asked to talk about it. I think at November meeting. And yeah, so the are. November meeting. You asked to talk about it. Um, I think Sherry had asked a question, and then Kevin asked it to be on the agenda, and so I provided a little information. There is a master planning project through Parks and Rec that's going through, and they had asked uh, for opinions at one point and. Um, that's one of the things that is attached in the agenda that I gave you and I gave you some limited information I was not actually able to find a whole lot of information um, We weren't you know digging into the parks and recs archives, <laughs> you know that kind of thing So it was more just me looking asking a couple people some general stuff uh, we do know that the uh, engineer of the pool was Ned Ashton whose house is landmarked and owned <coughs> by Parks and Rec uh, we do know it's been altered over time, such as the removal of the extremely creepy underground viewing <laughs> area. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> I mean, I can't possibly actually imagine that, but it's gone. So um, anyway, uh, I provided the information, a little bit of history, um, you know, from Irving Weber and this, this part from Ned Ashton's scrapbook. And then the page from the website about the master plans in case you wanted to discuss that or talk about it at all. One additional thing that I think, uh, if you read a lot of the Weber stuff, he was a, a big fan of the city park pool. The thing I, he doesn't ever tout was that he, when they passed the bond issue, he was the, the campaign chair to pass the bond issue. Um, and, and he was a competitive swimmer, wasn't yeah, he? He's, oh, yeah, yeah, he swam in Iowa, yeah. yeah. Um, and the pool, part of what motivated them to build the pool was people used to swim in, in city park and, and uh, someone died yep. uh, in the thing. and. There was a pretty um, gruesome photo of the the dead kid in the Daily Iowan, which kind of outraged people um, into doing something. And then they worked on the bond issue, and Irving passed it. But then I think it passed right as we were like entering World War II. So they had the approval to do it, but waited until um, I guess whatever 49, 49 to to get it done. <coughs> anyway, that's my those are my two little uh, my personal. <coughs> nuggets of history that I <laughs> know to add to the pool stuff. 
I don't know if we need any other discussion, Sherry. I know you had asked about it. I don't know if there's other things we should talk about. I just, I think when, was, when you asked about it, we didn't have it on the agenda, so I wanted to make sure we had an opportunity to do it. I think it's one of the few outdoor Olympic-sized pools in the Midwest. Um, talk into the, your microphone. Pardon? Uh, I, I think I, it's one of the few Olympic-sized outdoor pools in the Midwest with some potential historic character. Um, and I know I've heard kind of a buzz that will there be an effort to modernize this pool, kind of similar to, um, I think Coralville has a modern pool in other communities. Um, and I don't know if that's the reason. I think I was reading in the minutes that a, um, a neighbor had wondered about the site and the importance of it. Mm -hmm. um, I would hope there are no plans to do away or uh, modernize this pool, I guess. I think some of the, <clears throat> some of the unknowns that people were think, considering is, will it get a splash pad? Will it get like kitty slides? And then have the Olympic pool lap swimming nature of it removed? I don't know. I, I know that they're, I mean, they're doing a, the, the parks and recs is doing a big kind of uh, aquatic study, right? That's the thing mm -hmm. that was in the. Um, we kind of slid over the Butler House. Were we going to talk about that tonight, or is that still? No, I need, to, I need to finish a memo. And so I'll, okay. I'll, uh, I'm going to go to the parks meeting in, in February, which is the night before a meeting when I'm still in town. And then you guys will. Uh, can discuss when I'm not here. It's basically just to continue to do what we. Um, I won't be here in the February meeting either, and I don't want to miss it because it does it. Well, never mind. I'll we can talk about it at other meetings too. I just. Mm -hmm. We can put it back on. I think at staff, we were just waiting for Kevin to finish his memo on that and, and um, or finish revising the draft or whatever stage we were at. And then we can put the Montgomery Butler House back on the agenda to discuss. Basically, the Parks Commission, I think, is open to forming some kind of working group. I met with a commissioner who was asked to meet with us on behalf of the commission. Yeah, so I saw that in the minutes and wondered what the outcome of that The outcome was. is me writing a memo to both of the commissions <laughs> that hasn't been done yet. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I sent him an email when I was apologizing to him that I hadn't got it done. I'm like, well, this thing's been there for 160 years. I hope it can wait one more month till I get this memo done. I um, know. I know. Uh, if it if it fails by one month, <laughs> you can know who to blame. Um, is it is it impossible to imagine that reverting to private hands simply because it's on city land? Would it be impossible for it to come back revived in some form, either as a residence or a, or a business or an inn or something? I, I mean, I. It, Legally, is it is that? I think you could. It seems harder. It'd probably have to be some kind of long-term lease. I mean, part of what we're trying to do with the working group is like explore all those ideas in a, with some staff support because we don't. It, it can't be just a handful of people coming up with ideas. You need somebody to a professional to help move that conversation along, which is what the request is. So that's what's that's what's happening. It's okay. my fault that I don't Thank have you. it done. No, it's fine. I just thought I missed something. No, nope. I was hoping that people would. Yeah, you know, I don't like when people when I miss deadlines and 
People call me out on it, Cecilia. Yeah. I didn't. No. <laughs> I, didn't I, <laughs> I just hope people kind of forget that I gave a specific timeline and let me. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, I will. I will get both those done next for the next meeting. Um, all right. Any other city park pool conversations? Uh, I think we should uh, maybe just keep an eye on what the plan is and if they. If the plan includes some major changes for us to maybe take a look at it again, I feel. I do want to say I spoke to somebody who uh, is uh, part of the planning, and it doesn't seem, it seems like they're leaning toward not making major changes, but I really, it's very hard to say, but that was a huge concern that I voiced to her, um, and she had reached out to me, um, and uh, it seemed like we were kind of on the same page. So I, I had a positive response from that conversation. So. Yeah, good. Yeah. Anyway, we'll have, we'll have an opportunity to, I think, visit it again. And if we see something, you know, if you see, it, this is just like a general thing. We can't, we're not really supposed to talk about things that aren't on the agenda, right? I think we can, like when we have things like annual report, we can loosely talk about anything like the Montgomery Butler House tied to that. Um, but if people see stuff coming and they want to talk about it at the meeting, if you can get it into Jessica or to me before the meeting or both of us, we can just add it to that conversation. So if somebody sees something, you, you are all welcome to add stuff to the commission information section so that we can talk about it at the meeting. Um, uh, one thing we can't talk about tonight, uh, but I, I guess I want to ask if we want to, was the email that we got about the house on Ronald Street, if we want to put that on the next agenda or not. Um, I don't, it's up to, it's up to you guys. Oh, tear it down. It seems like a lost cause. Yeah, we, it's not, it's, we've, we designated, it was like my first or second meeting, we designated it non-historic, so. Um, okay. Um, um, all right, annual report. And all I'm going to say is that as I compile the annual report, if anyone took any um, education that relates to preservation, please tell me about it. But I need like specific things. I need to know who arranged it, what it's called, when it was, where it was, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, if you are new this year, and I don't remember how many of you started in this calendar year, but I will send you a form I need you to fill out, and it's, it's basically telling the state why you're a commissioner and who you are and stuff. And Frank, um, I'll need you to do a new one since there was a lapse and you became a new commissioner. <laughs> Um, it, everybody does it and, it, and it goes in as part of the report. I tend to hold those out of what we send to council and stuff, but it's still public information. So, you know, don't tell me your life story or tell them <laughs> your life story. Just, you know, fill it out. Um, there might be a somewhat quick turnaround on that. I try to get on the ball and get it to you as soon as I can, but I haven't looked at the annual report yet. And I will need it back. It won't have to be back for the meeting because I can add it in, but I will need it back before the end of February, like around the 28th. So, so we should just keep our eyes open in the next month or so for Yes, this. and okay. if you, not in the next two weeks, but anytime after that, if it pops into your head, you can always email me to remind me and then maybe I can get that around to you right away. If, if I recall, I, I feel like I just used the what I wrote to the city council to apply to the commission okay. and kind of re rephrased it so it fit 
what their question it was. It is very similar. It just it needs to be on their form, and you have to sign it. Are there stuff. examples online, or is that not publicly available in that way? It's it's not that big of a okay. deal. It's really. I think it's like two questions. Like, why do you want to be on the question? Oh, okay. And okay. I think I it's it. not. It's not a. <laughs> no. All right. No. It's really. It's very. There's simple. no wrong answers, really. <laughs> Although I don't know that <laughs> my be. following Instagram accounts counts as like <laughs> ongoing historic <laughs> preservation. Yeah. Oh. Historic salvage <laughs> network. A reading architectural digest. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, any other items on the annual report, anything related to annual report or our work plan before we adjourn? This frees us up to talk about almost anything. We are, I mean, they require we present it to council. Uh, we have done that the last two years, but we didn't before that. And um, so I'll remind them again that we're supposed to do that. Uh, usually I do that, but we'll see if what they want to do. Great. All right, unless there's anything else, a motion to adjourn? Seligren, I move to adjourn. Wagner, second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? We are adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Next meeting is in February. What's the date? Well, the 10th, February 10th.